Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Welcome back and thank you for joining us again. Have you ever traveled to a destination to only experience car trouble along the way? Imagine the frustration of getting a flat tire in the jungle of Cambodia, with roads that are already treacherous as it is. Daniel had such an experience of trying to reach people that were quite difficult to get to. Listen to what happened as he faced some challenges along the way. I will now let Daniel introduce himself and his family and also tell us where they serve. Take it away, Daniel. Hello, my name is Daniel Greenfield, and my family and I have served with Adventist Frontier Missions for about 15 years. We spent the first year of our service in Guinea, West Africa, and then we spent 14 years serving in Cambodia. During that time, We learned two languages and helped to start an indigenous church planting movement among the Penang in the hills of eastern Cambodia. As part of the church planting movement, we started an elementary school in an effort to reach the younger generation of the Penang. Along with the educational and the evangelistic goals of the school, we also had a goal to make the school financially self-sustaining. As a result, we were able to start an avocado and a durian farm, as well as a bakery. We give God the credit and the glory for everything done on the project. We count it a privilege to have served and would encourage each of you to contact the office if you have questions about partnering with AFM to reach the unreached. It could be something as simple as being a prayer warrior, giving financially, or even going yourself. So please sit back and enjoy today's story. Today I'm going to share a story with you from the hills of Mundelkiri. The story is entitled, Fire in Na'ang. The widow Oincha's house in Na'ang burned down. They got the littlest child out before it was too late. As we sat on a mat under the tall bamboo trees, the story unfolded piece by piece. We were visiting Chumpri and Kak when Kak received the phone call about the incident. Oin Cha's oldest son had been upstairs in their house cooking something over a fire. He had gone across the street, and when he came back, he noticed smoke rising from the top of the house. Fortunately, the littlest child was rescued before the house was totally engulfed in flames. I sat in surprised silence. How awful! It was bad enough that Oin Cha had recently lost her husband, But now she had lost all her belongings, too. How would she care for her children? The next morning at breakfast, Braden gave us more insight on what had happened in this village. Several years ago, Oin Cha's husband had died of a poisonous snake bite. In Penang culture, snakes are often considered evil spirits, so dying from a snake bite could have extreme spiritual significance. Nearly three years ago, Braden first visited Na'ang village with Champri and Kak, who had relatives there. Oinsha's husband had just died, and Braden was taking some things to help her. During the visit, Braden talked with the village chief. 
The chief said he was tired of trying to please the spirits, and he wanted to learn more about Chief God. The night after returning from Na'ang, Champri dreamed that a man was very angry that they had helped the people of the village, and he shot Champri with an arrow. Champri awoke from his dream very ill, and he stayed sick for ten days. He told Braden that the man in his village looked just like Braden, but Champri knew the man was actually a powerful witch doctor who lived in Na'ang. It was obvious to Braden that Satan was trying to stir up trouble between him and Champri. Braden and Johanna felt impressed to make another visit to Na'ang. As they described the situation to Kara and me, they told us Na'ang was very dark spiritually and a real stronghold for Satan. There was something unsettling about the atmosphere in the village, and people there tended to argue a lot more than in other villages. We could make a big impact by helping Oing Cha in her time of need. In Penang culture, when someone experiences hardship and the other villagers think it is a spiritual attack, they will back off and do nothing to support or help, fearing the spirits will attack them too. Braden and Johanna were afraid this might be happening to Oin Cha, so it was vital that we go and help her. Thursday was a mad scramble to get everything purchased and packed. This was going to be my first overnight trip to a Penang village and I was excited. Braden and I would be driving our motorcycles loaded with things for Oincha. I was in charge of getting the motorcycles ready for the trip while Braden purchased the necessary things for the widow. Throughout the morning and a good share of the afternoon, things kept coming up that hindered our progress. First, Braden's motorcycle had a flat tire. So I walked it up to the mechanic at the top of the hill to get some air put in it. We found the inner tube needed replacing, so the mechanic sent a young man to get a tube from the store in town. He came back saying they didn't have our size, but the mechanic insisted they did have it and sent him back again. Meanwhile, Braden went to the ATM but found it was malfunctioning. He had to wait a half hour for it to start working. By this time, it was early afternoon and we were itching to get on the road. Finally, the mechanic got a new tube installed. By 4 p.m. we were loaded, our gas tanks were full. We had prayer and started out. The first 15 miles we made good time on a recently paved road. The last 15 miles, however, were another story. They were rougher than the average jeeping trail. Fallen leaves covered the trail and made hazards hard to see. The first time Braden had made the trip, he had driven his truck and brought a chainsaw so he could clear the road of downed trees. This time, we just drove our motorcycles around them. It would have been almost impossible to drive a truck on this trail due to the number of fallen trees. We tried to move quickly. Evening was coming and we didn't want to drive that trail in the dark. On Braden's last trip there, the villagers showed him a gaping path torn through the jungle by wild elephants. They also mentioned they sometimes saw tiger tracks. As the sun was setting, we finally made our way into Na'ang. We quickly found the home of our host, Kak's younger brother. It was a small, one-room wooden house on stilts under a large cashew tree. On the steps sat a young girl putting her hair up in clips. 
Braden asked her where the widow's house had been. The girl walked with us down to the charred ruins. All that remained were the main posts. Beside the mess, Oin Cha and her four boys had built a tiny shelter of scorched boards draped with a tarp. My heart ached for them. They didn't even have blankets to keep them warm on the cold nights. Fortunately, Johanna had sent along some good wool blankets. Braden and I were surprised to find a small, one-room house under construction nearby. Some of the village young men were helping build Oincha a house. This was exciting news. We carried our gifts over to Oincha's shelter and gave them to her. She was extremely grateful. About this time, the village chief arrived, and Braden started talking with him. Since I don't speak the Penang language yet, Braden and I decided that he would do all the talking and I would do the praying. Later that evening, after invigorating bucket baths at the village well, Braden and I returned to our host's house to find two plates set out with a package of crackers, a package of durian cakes, and a small bottle of water on each. I was taken aback by our host's kindness. This time of year, food supplies were at their lowest. They had spent precious money to buy these things for us. As we sat munching crackers and talking with the friendly villagers, a small battery-powered fluorescent light cast shadows around the room. As the evening wore on, the curious onlookers melted into the shadows, leaving us alone with our hosts and an older couple. Braden went over to his backpack and pulled out a copy of the new Penang language Bible storybook he and Johanna had recently completed. Braden offered it to some of the older girls who could read. They eagerly read from it and looked at the pictures. I sat watching and praying for the Holy Spirit's blessing. Interestingly, back home, Kara had the distinct impression to pray during this time, too. Toward the end of the evening, the older gentleman picked up the book and studied the words, trying to make out what they said. Braden began telling the story of Adam and Eve. Cack's brother was keenly interested. I knew seeds were being planted and that the Holy Spirit would continue to work after we had gone. I didn't sleep very well that night on my thin plastic mat. As the evening air cooled, I was very thankful for the blanket our host had given us. In the morning, for my devotional, I turned to the 23rd Psalm. I stopped when I read verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Here I was deep in the jungle, in a village gripped by dark spiritual influences. Yet I need not fear, because God was with me. I was greatly encouraged by God's message for me that morning. As we sat down to a Penang breakfast of rice and bamboo shoot soup, I asked Braden to ask our host what kind of wild animals were in the area. He told me that the wild elephants frequently passed near the village during the rainy season. People here had also seen tiger tracks the size of our soup bowls. There were all sorts of wild fowl, pigs, and some wild cattle as well. I shuddered at the thought of meeting up with a tiger or a wild elephant. I prayed for God's protection as we returned home that day. As we were finishing up in the village that morning, I noticed that the men were putting the roof on Oincha's new house. I thought again about the hardship she and her sons faced having to start over from scratch. They had lost her entire year's supply of rice in the fire, as well as their two motorcycles. I knew their next few months would be very difficult, but I think they are off to a good start especially since her neighbors are helping her instead of ostracizing her out of fear. As we left Na'ang that Friday morning, 
We prayed for the outpouring of God's love on the people of that village, that it would shine through the darkness and touch their hearts. Please pray for the people of Na'ang, especially Oincha and her sons, the village chief, and Kak's brother. Looking back, I don't know for sure what kind of an impact we made on Oincha and her family, but I pray that they were able to see Jesus. James 1.27 tells us that pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Since this article, Chumpri and Kak started to draw closer to God, but they would never make a commitment for baptism. In fact, they pulled away and started to worship the spirits again. We've noticed that in the Penang culture, the gospel will oftentimes spread from village to village through the family ties, not through the communal ties. So if Kak and Chumpri choose to follow Chief God, I could see that making it easier for Oin Cha and her family to have a better chance of learning to love and follow Jesus with all their hearts. Thank you so much for your prayers and support, and God bless. What a story! It always amazes me of the lengths that the missionaries go through to travel to the people and teach them about Jesus, no matter how treacherous the road may be. They always travel in faith, knowing that God will give them safe passage to go where they are needed the most. Their willingness to reach people no matter where they might be are truly inspiring. Thank you for listening to Daniel's story. And may you also be inspired to go above and beyond to reach the people that desperately needs to hear about Jesus and His love for them. If you would like to receive the Adventist Frontier Missions magazine, then go to our website at afmonline.org and on the homepage you will find where you can subscribe to receive your own copy. See you next time at Frontier Missions Journal.